Zach Thomas. Uh, <laughs> what do you say about Zach Thomas? Just watch him pursue. Look at this. I mean, you just, if you're going to block him, you better stay with him for a long period of time. He just eyeballs Eddie George, and everywhere Eddie George went, he went. And here he is on McGarry. I mean, he gets there, disrupts an awful lot of things. O'Donnell has to double pump, and Zach Thomas with the interception. Hello, Zach. Zach Thomas has just set a Miami record with his fourth do not change that station you are not on the wrong show what's up Dolphins? travis wings with you here for another edition of the locked on dolphins podcast and since we don't have practice today and we have a preview of the game ready to roll for tomorrow i thought i would do a special episode and get some fan takes on the should be hall of famer i'm talking of course about number 54 zach thomas so this is the zach thomas special episode 50% and this is a special episode, but I still need to do the housekeeping and pay the bills. So I'd like to remind each and one, every one of you guys to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review once you are there. We are now a top five podcast in the Lockdown Network. And of course, follow me on Twitter at NFL. Voted the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter and the show at LockedOnFins. Of course, LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the Locked On Network. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and get all of that out of the way and get right into our first guest, a very, very special guest here on the Zach Thomas special episode. And joining the podcast now is a former colleague of mine, a longtime friend from the message boards, Twitter, from the Dolphins community. He is the co-host of the Welcome to Perfectville podcast with Sam Marcoux. I'm talking, of course, about Chris Colon. Chris, what's been up, man? Travster, thanks for having me on, man. This is awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude, your name is synonymous with Zach Thomas and the fan club, so I had to get you on. And we're just kind of talking about stories about those early 2000s Dolphins, about Zach Thomas's impact on the defense. Obviously, this was a team that was all about defense in those days. And, yeah. you know, I have my story that I, I was going to share on the podcast here, and I, I stole the easy one, the front flip into the end zone against the Tennessee Titans. And I think the mm. reason that play was my favorite was because when I was a kid and grid kids, we, we called it grid kids back where I'm from, and I had a coach that had a dolphin sticker on the back of his truck, and the dolphin was pissing on the just the words Patriots, <laughs> Jets, Bills, and Colts. I thought he was the coolest guy ever. And at practice the week before, he was talking about how Miami's going to get steamrolled by Steve McNair and Eddie George. And then Zach Thomas just goes and shuts them up. So that was my great memory going back to practice that next week and just bragging to him about, yeah, right, dude, you were wrong. Dolphins are the best. And, you know, I'm a little kid, not really aware of anything else besides the fact that the Dolphins rule. So that was my memory. But, you know, <laughs> you took it a whole nother level here. It, you know, Zach Thomas is your guy. And you proved that when you had your first child. Yeah, so my son, uh, Zachary, <laughs> um, is named after the best middle linebacker uh, in Miami Dolphins history. So his name is Zachary Thomas Cullen. Uh, we call him Zach. He plays football. Um, Zach Thomas, to me, that first that, that memory of the Tennessee Titans, dude, that, that, that's amazing because it was national TV. And if you rewatch the highlights, um, 
they were just raving about Zach Thomas before the interception. They're talking about how he's just all over the field. He's stopping Eddie George. He can't get anywhere. Uh, you have to get alignment on him. He's just changing the game. And then as I go back to the live actual game, here's Zach Thomas jumping in front of a Kerry Collins pass for a pick six and does the front flip. And I think the coolest thing, uh, Trav, you talked about what he means to the team and what he meant to the defense is that play when he scores, he is just bombarded yep. with teammates. Uh, Bowens and Sertan, they're just like hugging him, talking to him, hitting his helmet. Uh, I showed my wife the highlight the other day, and she's like, they they love that guy. I'm like, yeah, I mean, how could you not? I mean, he was just fantastic. And, yeah, I, I, I got my wife to agree to name my son Zach Thomas. I played middle linebacker. I was undersized. Uh lucky to be six foot if you thought so <laughs> like I, I would, I, that's what i said on my in the program transcript. Right? <laughs> yeah in the program exactly but i'm very much 511 <laughs> um and, and it, was, it was like 220 225 i wasn't the fastest guy uh, but i did watch tape a lot and i know you for sure will love this guy i mean he even mentioned when he retired that he wants a coach one day but no one likes watching tape with him because he rewinds it seven eight times because yeah. he, he, he loves it he wants to watch every play and that's, I mean, that's how you have to play the game when you, like you mentioned, all those physical limitations, you know, undersized, not the fastest guy, but he was just always a beat faster because of that preparation. And did you hear that uh, Fish Tank podcast episode with him? With Zach Thomas? I, I haven't heard it yet, no. Oh, man, you got to check it out. He tells all these stories about his day, his day with the Dolphins. And then also Channing Crowder talks about him a lot in that podcast previously to his telling stories about the past and just how well prepared Zach always was by calling out formations saying, Hey, shoot your gap here. They're going to make this play and run this play here. So you mentioned that the preparation was always in the right place at the right time. Well, Peyton Manning, he came out and said he absolutely hates playing against them because he knows the plays. Uh, and, and everybody knows Peyton Manning is synonymous with audibling and, and, and changing plays based on what the defense is giving him. And he absolutely hated playing against Zach Thomas because if he had the smallest tell, Zach picked it up and he knew the play. I mean, he would he would have to call timeouts because Zach knew it was a screen before just based on their formation and it drove him crazy. I wrote an article about Zach last week before the Hall of Fame because I wanted to just kind of put it out there and tell everyone that this guy was right there with Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher. And I, I pulled that quote from Peyton Manning and he said it's absolutely unnerving playing Zach Thomas. He's the toughest guy I had to prepare for because, you know, Peyton, you, you played Madden back in the days and Peyton was always making checks and it's like, God damn, snap the ball. And then Zach is out there, you know, going toe for toe with him in terms of changing the plays on defense, too. So those guys were a great intellectual battle. And I posted the numbers of Zach Thomas versus Peyton Manning in terms of Peyton's passer rating. And he had like a 15 point passer rating drop off against playing the Dolphins compared to playing everybody else in the league. Wow, that's um, that's believable because you <laughs> yeah. watched him, but really it's just like that's unreal that he was so good um, against the pass too. That same Titans game, the announcer is mentioning how he's one of the best cover linebackers in this entire league, and it's true. Everybody knows Zach Thomas as the uh, run run stopper and stuff and sideline to sideline and filling holes and just putting his head down, but he was a hell of a pass-covering uh, linebacker. He had somewhat like 14, 17 interceptions. Uh, four for touchdowns. I mean, he just was unreal. Everybody listening to this should remember his his interception in the Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys and the throwbacks. Um, you know, he's just all over the damn place. And I have so many great memories of him. Uh, I loved going to training camp and seeing him. A lot of people said I looked like him, you know, kind of the square neck and uh, just <laughs> big head and, and stuff like that. But he was always really nice to the fans. Um, but I, I can never forget that Falcons game in 2001. You just tweeted about it earlier today. Uh, Michael Vick, Chris Chandler gets hurt. Michael Vick comes in and just absolutely starts like, kind of destroying us. I mean, he's like 60 yards rushing, uh, 200 yards passing. Um, 
But Zach, at the end of that game, two straight stops on uh, Christian, the, the the fullback, huge fullback, 44, lining up like in the eye, like a running back, getting the ball, and he just stuffed him. And I really think I, I couldn't find an article on it. I wanted to find it, but I think he broke his neck on third down or had a broken neck, and then made the stop on fourth down. Like he's just. He's freaking unbelievable. He's like a Terminator made of metal. That is just an unreal, stupid, stupid, in the good way type of story. <laughs> and we got plenty more here coming with Chris Cole, and he is the co-host of the Perfectville podcast. You guys can find him on Twitter at ChrisC561. And we're going to pay some bills and then come right back with Chris Cole. And a word from our friends over at Nordic Track. Nordic Track has a series of training equipment to give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your own home, including treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, and strength trainers. You can enjoy high-energy, streamed workouts any time of day without stepping out your own front door. Join stream workouts in both studios and exotic destinations around the world. Chris, if you want to run through the streets of Paris and end your day running through an African safari, you can do that. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure you meet your fitness goals. And for a special time only, we have a special offer for Locked On listeners to get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com slash locked on and use the offer code locked on. Again, that's Nordic Track, N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C-K.com slash locked on and use offer code locked on during checkout to save $75 off your Nordic Track purchase. And we're back with Chris Cullen of the Welcome to Perfectville podcast. His co-host, Sam Marcoux, put together a phenomenal podcast for you guys, all Dolphins fans out there. I highly recommend it. I used to write with you guys, and we had a good time texting back and forth. And it's been too long since I've really talked to you guys in that group setting. And I wanted to get you back on the podcast because for me, Chris, as a kid, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Everyone always asks me, how the hell are you a Dolphins fan? And it's all about exposure to sports. So I idolized King Griffey Jr. being out here, going to the Kingdom five, six times a summer. And the Seahawks were so bad back then, and the Dolphins were always on Monday Night Football winning games every single time. And as an impressionable young kid, you know, I'm out there just loving this Miami Dolphins team with Dan Marino and then Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor taking over. So was would you say that your, like, fandom as a Dolphins fan really kind of blossomed in that era of, the, of what this defense was in the late 90s slash early 2000s? Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, you know, being born in 87, I, I really just remember the tail end of Dan Marino's career. I don't remember like the glory days of the 85 Bears game and uh, the early 90s with the battles with the with the Bills and stuff like that. Uh, my, my fondest memories are of that defense of, of Jason Taylor, Brock Marion. Um, the, the, our last podcast that we had, Sam uh, quizzed me and asked me to name the seven pro bowlers for the 2001 team. Nice. And like just off the top of my head, I named them all. I got a couple wrong, but I mean, I even got Tim Ruddy. I mean, just, that whole team, <laughs> like those years were everything because I was just growing up, uh, entering my teen year. So I was, uh, going to live games with friends. I was at the game where uh, Tom Brady threw like a 90 yard touchdown in overtime to Troy Brown to beat us. Yeah. I was in the end zone that he was backing up. Uh, he did his uh, backpedal into. Um, I was at the game. We won six to three, I think, or nine to six against the Ravens. All field goals. Ricky Williams um, it was just defense, man. That's, that's all we're known for. And just like Zach Thomas, we were overshadowed by the great defense of the Ravens that was happening back then. But if we do not get enough credit for how good our defense was, uh, I kind of argued with Sam in the last episode that he thinks Jay Fiedler was uh, underrated by the fan base. But I truly felt that you and I could go play average quarterback <laughs> for the Miami Dolphins for that defense back then. Because even that uh, even that game against the Falcons, I was looking at the box score. He had like 180 yards passing, two picks, and we, and we won. And we were 10-5. and five. I mean, that defense was just unbelievable. And Zach Thomas was the middle of all of it. 
Um, and, and it was just one of those things where he's such a leader. And uh, Kyle Brandt for Good Morning Football, good on him. I've, I've been really huge. I like the show. But um, I'm really happy that he brought up Zach Thomas. And he compared him to Brian Erlacher. And their numbers are just ridiculously similar. Zach has a lot, uh, you know, the leg up on some of them. But my thing is, is Brian Erlacher was a freak. He was like 6'15 and, um, you know, 240 pounds X safety and ran like a 4'5", 4'6", And Zach Thomas was not. He was the undersized guy. His hands were small. He was not fast. He just had the instincts and he was a student of the game and not enough people. You can put the numbers up there. That's fine. But not enough people give Zach the added credit that he was inferior in all ways physically to him and uh, Ray Lewis and Derek Brooks. There's really no way to to downplay what he was to this team, whether you look at the film, the impact he had on his teammates or the statistical data that I put up in this article on LockedOnDolphins.com. It's called Zach Thomas, leader of a generational defense, should be Canton bound. And I talked about that Peyton Manning stat. Uh, You talked about Peyton Manning just waxing poetic about Zach Thomas. And in between 2000 and 2003, so a four-year stretch, the Dolphins ranked third, 11th, fourth, and third in scoring Mm. defense. They never finished outside the top 10 in total defense. And two of those years, they were top five in terms of total defense with yards allowed. And Zach was the focal point of that defense. Jason Taylor was the sack artist. Of course, he got all the numbers. You get all the hype when you're that guy. The two cornerbacks, Sam Madison, Pat Sertan, those guys you know, were phenomenal in coverage. But Zach was the linchpin, the guy that held it all together, made the checks, made the calls, the one that told Nick Saban to fuck off in practice, which <laughs> for my money is the best thing he ever did. So I, it's just hard to fathom that he is not thought of in that group. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's not um, – and the thing that's uh, that's worse is that I got a text from my buddy. He was actually on uh, the Fins.com with us. It, it, it was Skeet84 or Skeet64 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, it was his username. He sent me a link to the uh, guys that are uh, up for the Hall of Fame next year. And Jesus Christ, these lists oh, keep getting crazy. just like crazier and crazier. I mean, you're talking Edger and James, Isaac Bruce, Tony Gonzalez – Champ Bailey, Ty Law, and Ed Reed, and John Lynch. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's almost like he it, it's just he's going to be Bob Kuchenberg of yeah. our generation, where he's not going to get the uh, well deserved honor of a gold jacket and a bust in the Hall of Fame. Before he even retired, he had more tackles than anybody in the Hall of Fame while he was still playing. <laughs> this guy like had more solo tackles and assists. Um, it, it just absolutely insane uh, statistics. And people say, oh, you know, he's a run-stopping linebacker or a thumper. He didn't have the other numbers. Bull crap. He had interceptions. He had touchdowns. He had fumble recoveries. He was the absolute life force of that defense. You saw it in the interception in the pick six. The players around him absolutely gravitated towards him. He was a leader. He's a captain. He was vocal. He was He was loud. He got hype. He got pumped up. But more than anything, he kept his loyalty to the Dolphins, even after what they did to him. Bill Parcells, I'll never. I there's, I love that one in fifteen team uh, switch to the eleven and five. That's all great. The Wildcat, beautiful. I love those memories. But I will never forget what they did to him. Yep. They did not let him uh, publicly say anything. They told him he is no longer a Miami Dolphin. He can do that outside of the facility. Um, they took his parking space away, and this all happened. And we we talked earlier about me naming my son Zach Thomas. He, he, my son was born in 2008. <laughs> so my son actually never even existed as Zach Thomas was a player on this team. So almost it was like a sad homage to him, but I didn't think he, I didn't know he was going to be cut. And when it happened, it was just such a mind blowing thing. And the way he was treated, I'm glad he was able to go to Dallas or what, whatever his home state. Um, and then try to finish in Kansas city. But 
he still has nothing but good things to say about the organization. He likes where they're going. Um, he, he's constantly around. Um, he needs to get into coaching because I, I would love to see him in the game. He's already said he's going to donate his brain um, when he passes. I'm really scared to see. You mentioned a yeah. stupid but great stat that his neck was broken and he kept playing. <laughs> he was just that type of guy. Um, and that's what you that's what you want. Like you said, hmm, was it the best health-wise? Absolutely not. Like, think about him as a human being and as a father now and a husband. Um, would would you wish he sat out with a concussion? Yeah, sure. Like, of course, as a person, as a human. But that was the type of person uh, and the type of player he was where he wouldn't. He wouldn't say anything. He went out there, and he was just the best. He was the best at everything he did. Uh, whether you're a fast running back on a sweep, he caught you because he took the right angle. Whether you're the best lineman in the league, you got a hand on him. You still couldn't block him, and you're double his size because he was able to get off of you and make the plays. And he was good in coverage. The the best thing is is his hitting. Um, the Lavernius Coles knockout on Christmas um, that night. I was at that game. It was raining. It was cold. It was gross. We lost. It was horrible. But I'll never ever forget when he made that hit. I jumped up. There's a group of Jet fans not far from my row. And I said, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. Zach Thomas killed Lavernius Coles. He is dead. And are soaked in rain, water from everywhere. Dolphins fans were like, yeah. And they were just like, damn, you know, put their head down. Like, I was fucking, I was so pumped, dude. It was unbelievable. I'll never forget that hit and that play. And he, that's what he did. He gave us these memories. He, the As a middle linebacker, that doesn't happen. Like, yeah, you're a quarterback. You're a receiver. Catching 18 touchdowns. Everybody's going to remember that. Zach Thomas just making tackles was memorable. The guy was a beast, and uh, he, he just did a lot for shaping me as a football fan. And now as a father and um, a coach myself and a former linebacker, like, it just – he's a god. He's a god to me. Yeah, dude, it's it's it speaks a lot about what he was as a player, and especially talking about the fact that here we are 15 years removed from his actual prime of his career, and we're talking about him on a podcast and what his yeah. memories meant to us back in those days. So, so that's just great stuff as always, Chris. I got to ask you one question here to kind of – make you divisive on the podcast here. If you can go back and bring back one player in their prime, and I think the uh, the answer is kind of obvious, unless you're a huge fan of a guy like you are, and I'll never blame you for that because you know my fascination with Chris Chambers and Ricky Williams and even Ryan Tannehill nowadays. I got to ask you, who are you taking in their prime, Zach Thomas or Dan Marino? On this team right now? Yeah. Oh, God. Jesus Christ, dude. Um if that means I get to watch another 12 years and seasons of Zach Thomas in my prime as, a, as an adult, like <laughs> watching him play till I'm 42, that 43, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, but I want to see our team win a Super Bowl. Uh, so I think Dan, just in this league, in this era, with the players that we have and the defense that we do have, we have, we have good defense. I, I like our defense. I think I'm, they're going to surprise some people. It's not Zach Thomas, early 2000s defense. Um, but we, we don't need that. We just, if we had Dan Marino with, uh, Wilson and Stills and Amendola, um, although he'd probably never throw it to Amendola cause that means he would have to check down, which Danny never did. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course I love Zach Thomas more than anything, but we're not a middle linebacker away from the Super Bowl. Um, and I like Ryan Tannehill too, of course. So you, you know that I, I, I love Ryan Tannehill. Yep. Um, 
God, this is I'm just like talking to myself in a circle because <laughs> I can't answer it. It's tough, man. I'm gonna get eaten alive, and people might unsubscribe from my podcast if I say anything <laughs> but Dan Marino. So I'll just go with 13. <laughs> that's that's very fair. Very take the take the PC way out, and we appreciate yep. all that, Chris. We appreciate you coming on the show today, man. You can find him on Twitter at Chris C five six one, and please check out the Perfect Field podcast. Those guys are great. They were really one of the first podcasts before all this eruption of podcasts came out. So those guys do a great job. Check them out in season again, Chris. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Thanks, my friend, and uh, congratulations on your on all your success. Uh, we're super proud of you, and I love watching from the outside, man. You're great. And that's really appreciated, dude. It, it means a lot coming from you, especially with you and Sam kind of giving me an opportunity to get back into writing as well as podcasting with Perfectville back in 2016. So very much appreciated. And uh, once again, we were very happy to have you on the show today. And off goes Chris. Once again, he is at ChrisC561 on Twitter, the Perfectville podcast. We're going to get right back with some more guests on the Zach Thomas special episode here. Locked on Dolphins podcast at Wingful NFL at Locked on Fins. And joining me now on the podcast is one of our staff writers at LockedOnDolphins.com. You can find him on Twitter at Mitch Pro. The O is a zero, though. His name is Andrew Mitchell. Andrew, what's up, brother? Hey, how's it going, man? Not too much, man. Just looking forward to this game tomorrow. But right now we're talking about Zach Thomas, the all-time great linebacker for the Miami Dolphins, the Hall of Fame snub, I suppose, if you want to call him that. And we're trying to get some more perspective on the guy and just give him his, his due here on the podcast because we have an off day today, no practice, you know, the, the game tomorrow. And I'm just getting feelings and thoughts and memories about what Zach Thomas was for this team. And I want you to just take a minute and kind of wax poetic about him. I just finished up with Chris Colon. We're going to get to Joe Blewett here in a minute, but I wanted you to give me your fondest memory of number 54 himself. Well, I mean, how, you know, there's so many. Um, I mean, he literally was the, uh, he was at the height of his career when I was at the height of my Dolphins fandom, so to speak. I mean, uh, my dad got me into the Dolphins when I was, you know, I remember watching the Dolphins when I was like four years old, but around 96, uh, the 96 season, I, I was about seven or eight. So I was playing Madden. I was, I was fully vested in football. I, I understood it all. You know what I mean? It was, it was a full, uh, full circle thing. And I mean, Zach Thomas, you just think of his name and as a Dolphins fan and any, really any, anyone in the AFC East probably. And, and, and they'll tell you like, what a, what a true monster he was, even though his stature wasn't so much uh monster like, um, but the one memory that sticks out to me is kind of goes to the whole stature thing. Uh, him stopping Jerome Bettis on the goal line, just mano y mano. You know what I mean? Uh, Zach was, what, 5'10"? Well, they list him at 5'10", uh, probably a good 240, uh, 245. And then you got the bus, Jerome Bettis, who was probably pushing about 270 as a running back. Uh just getting, you know, stalwarted at the line by this this little pit bull that we had in number fifty four, and I mean that that right there was kind of like David and Goliath almost uh, in in a weird poetic way uh, for me, and it just kind of showed, and it, and it was more a testament to just how true grit and just desire can kind of take over physical uh, deficiencies at some points, and I mean that's really what his career was in a nutshell. Now, 
Yeah, absolutely it was. And to borrow a, a cliche here, like our quarterback likes to do, our present quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. And that's exactly how it works with Zach Thomas and talking about Jerome Bettis. I think it was 2005 against the Denver Broncos, the season opener, Nick Saban's first game. He had a play at the goal line where the Dolphins, I think, gave up a first and goal from the one or two, and they stuffed the Broncos on four straight plays. And this was a team that was supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. Jake Plummer was a running quarterback. They had... I'm blanking. I want to say Travis Henry was the running back. They were all a power running team, and the Dolphins just shut them down on the goal line on that possession, and two or three of those stops were number 54 himself. You know, and it's crazy, too. If you, if you, it's, it's crazy to me that he doesn't even get like a sniff at the Hall of Fame because if you look at his stat sheets, I mean, they're, they're crazy, right? And people are just, people are enthralled by stats nowadays, right? Especially with all the information out there, and it's just so easy to get. But I feel like back then, I don't know if it's because I was young or what, but like I feel like it wasn't so much that. It was more like on what people saw on film and whatnot. And it's just like, it's crazy to me. It, he had 15 interceptions over the first eight years in the league. And like that's not that crazy, I guess. But at the same time, for a guy of his stature, once again, who wasn't some crazy jump out of the gym, you know, T-shirt, uh, workout warrior at the combine or anything for him to have that many interceptions. That's just a testament to his, uh, his football IQ and the preparation. And he's always in the right place at the right time. And he was getting those interceptions for that reason alone. It wasn't him ball hawking anything. It was literally him and all his, uh, all his prep work leading up to putting him in that position to be where the ball may fall. You know what I mean? And it's just really wild to me. And he, and he had like, he had something like, five touchdowns over his career too and it's like what would we do right now to I would kill for a linebacker that's with us for more than five years that has an average of one to two interceptions a season I I would kill for that right now so it's like I didn't even you know it sucks because we didn't realize how good we had it when we had Zach Thomas and you look at what today's linebackers are with this emphasis on speed athleticism all that stuff and that's all great and dandy and that's the reason that Zach fell to the fifth round of the draft that year but when you're a step or two ahead of guys because of your anticipation and your preparation in the film room and all the stuff that Zach loved to do to prepare for games, it doesn't matter how fast you are because he's going to be a step ahead of you as it is. And that step happens so quickly in the NFL that he erases that advantage immediately. So it's fun to watch him. You mentioned the, the four, yeah, I think it was four touchdowns he had because I was looking at the stats earlier on his pro football reference page. And actually the clip that I opened the show with was the, that Sunday night football game when Mike Patrick and Joe Theismann were waxing poetic about his run defense prowess, and then he picks off a pass and takes it back for the fourth time in his career. And I don't think he did it again after that. He might have, but I think it was just four. So just fantastic stuff from Zach, fantastic stuff from you again, as always, Andrew, and we appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. Oh, yeah, man. A pleasure, pleasure, anytime. He is at Mitch Pro on Twitter. The O is the number zero on there. You can find his work on LockedOnDolphins.com. We'll talk to you again soon, brother. All right, man. Thank you. And now you've got two refreshing perspectives from Miami Dolphins fans. But what about fans of our rivals? We'll do that next. Let's go ahead and bring our next guest on. And crossing over enemy lines and joining the podcast now is a fan of the Jets. And before you get all hot and bothered and start screaming FTJ at your radio dial, there are two reasons I wanted to have my next guest on. Number one, I wrote about Peyton Manning's effusive praise for Zach Thomas in the Locked On Dolphins piece. And really, it's the admiration of your rivals that speaks to the true greatness of a player. Example, Curtis Martin for us Dolphins fans. 
And number two, I had to break up that circle drift we had going with Chris and Andrew. So it is my pleasure now to welcome in the host of the Turn on the Jets Film Room podcast, Joe Blewett. Joe, thanks for taking a few minutes today, man. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. I uh, really look forward to speaking on Zach Thomas for a few minutes. Yeah, of course. And I know you and I both were a little bit younger when Zach played in his prime. But for the most part, I mean, as a Dolphins fan, I saw I grew up on Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor. And every year for us as Dolphins fans, we bitch about this injustice of Zach Thomas not getting the call for Canton. And it's the same rhetoric over and over again. The stat comparisons, the all pros. He had one more all pro than Brian Urlacher. The, uh, fam- all that familiar jargon we talk about. And we've been going over the memories of Zach as a player on this podcast. So I wanted to ask you, as a Jets fan, what was it like to be on the opposite side against Zach as a player, or as a fan, I should say, playing against Zach every Sunday or twice a year? Yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised one that he's not in the uh, the Hall of Fame. It is an injustice. I agree with you, and I can admit that as a Jets fan, the dude averaged like 150 tackles and a couple pass deflections and interceptions for like that five to seven year span, whatever it was in the middle uh, of the mid 2000s. I remember always thinking him like you said, I was younger. It was always him, Ray Lewis, and Brian Urlacher who were looked at as like the top linebackers in the league. And the dude was just really impressive, man. He, you know, he could do everything from covering hook zones, flats, sometimes even in man. He was athletic enough. Uh, to, to cover in zone and man, but he can also crush people and just change the feeling of a game. And he was also, you know, he, he was a banger where he would take on, you know, fullbacks or pulling guards with ease and, you know, follow, um, you know, a guard into a, you know, a gap in, in, a, in a counter and just blow him up and then still tackle the running back. So that was impressive. But he wasn't just a banger. He was also a guy who uh, made some complex type reads and, and were just overall smart. Like, let's say, you know, the Jets like to run a drive concept on, on third and three, you know, I'm going to bait the quarterback by dropping a little bit farther back in this, in this hook zone to take this dig route. But really, I'm, I'm waiting to break on that underneath um, drag route. So he, he, was a, he was a banger, but he's also smart and cover. So I remember thinking of him as just one of the best linebackers in the league in, in the mid-2000s. If you can't tell by now, Joe is an absolute film savant. And one of the things you really appreciate about his game, Joe, is I heard this on the Channing Crowder podcast for the Fish Tank podcast. They go back over former players and old stories. And he talked about how Zach would just key yeah. things before the balls even snapped. You know, one team ran this double Y set, and that was a running ball, a running play to that side of the formation every single time. He would call that out, say, shoot your gap, get in there. So it was so much fun to watch him. And you talked about his ability to drop into the hook zone and lay the lumber on receivers sometimes on those dig routes, those little shallow crossers. And that brings me to the memory of Zach Thomas, and I, I'm pretty sure I know what your all-time Zach Thomas memory is as a Jets fan. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like Dustin Keller with Ray Lewis, the same <laughs> type of thing, especially especially when you're like a kid. Like I was younger, like you said, and um, you know, so I don't remember him making any like great plays in terms of technique or uh, really smart type of plays. Even though I kind of recapped that a little bit, but I remember the one game in Miami. Uh, Lavernius Coles, I, I believe he's on the right side, and he either runs a slant or a dig. I remember just a crossing, it was a, a crossing out into the middle, and uh, he actually made a really nice catch on whoever the corner was, but as soon as he's coming to the ground, uh, Zach Thomas just completely just lays him out right under his chin. Lavernius Coles is probably just lying on the ground for good 20, 30 seconds out moving a muscle, so I definitely remember that, especially as a kid, you remember those hard hits, so he would just lay dudes out, and typically happening against the Jets as well. Back in the You Got Jacked Up segments, and I'll, I'll never forget the Monday Night Football, because it was on Monday night, and they cut to a commercial, and they, they always have like their, their out shot, the one that takes them to commercial, and it was just Lavernius <laughs> Coles laying on the turf with his helmet like twisted to the side. Oh man, I laughed for a good a good amount of time at that. But Joe, we really appreciate you coming on and doing this, man. You guys can find Joe's work at the Turn on the Jets Film Room podcast, as well as the contributor 
contributor to their blog over there. He is at JoeRB31 on Twitter. And Joe, I need this last answer in just one word. And I know it's tough for you being a technical guy, but who is going to be under, under center opening day for the New York Jets? Sam Darnold. That's two words, but I'll take it. <laughs> All right, my friend, we'll see you in week two and week nine. Yeah, of course. Uh, looking forward to jumping back on the podcast if we get the opportunity. Yeah, let's do it, in the, let's do it before those games. Awesome. All right, thanks, buddy. Whew, all right, what a podcast that was, talking about the all-time legend, Zach Thomas. And let's go ahead and get out of here for the podcast. But we do have tomorrow's game preview coming out tomorrow morning, and then Friday, the game recap, breaking down the first actual Dolphins game of 2018, the preseason contest against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll do that on Friday's podcast and preview it on tomorrow's podcast once again. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com, including that Zach Thomas piece up there for you guys right now. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on game day for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.